What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Doster and Deshaun podcast. And today it is our first ever interview on the podcast. We are honored to be joined by the one and only Bob Huggins, head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Coach, how you doing, man? Thanks for being here. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I was just talking today about we had some problems here with the computer. We couldn't get, you couldn't hear me. It's kind of what they did in the huddle. Uh, he'd come over in the huddle and he'd start talking before I could talk. And he'd keep talking until he thought I forgot what I was going to say. It's called leadership. It's called leadership. <laughs> you know what it is today? It's just it, it's it's a great thing. A lot of people change. You know, they get far <laughs> like you, and they and they change. You haven't changed a bit. Not a uh, bit. Is that a good thing? Or <laughs> well, depending on if I had something to say or not. Well, it was a good thing. I guess it makes sense. He went into the coaching path, then, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I pray. I pray no one is like me. Then I hope I get the words in. <laughs> here's, here's what you need to do, though. He had he had a really really bad sprained ankle, and Billy Hahn and I had just come down the steps and ran into Jay Wright. We're going to play Villanova, and Jay starts talking about Deshaun. I said, Jay's not going to play, man. I mean, he tried to practice this day, he couldn't go. He's he's not going to be able to play. And, and Jay said, no, he's going to play. I said, Jay, I'm telling you, he's not going to play. He doesn't go to warm-up, and then he comes out, he says, I can go. All right, let's go. He goes out and uh, was was really on the verge of breaking the Coliseum scoring record. And I said I said to Mess, i like, how many more does he need? i got to get him out. And our sports information director, who was here trying to get this up and running as well, and he said, he said, I'll tell you when, I'll tell you when. So he's sitting right there beside me on the, on the uh, bench. And he says, get him, get him. He said, he's, he, he already broke the record. We don't want him to get hurt anymore. Now he's already played for like 35 minutes and got 40 some. So I'm like, get him, get him out, so get him out, go over. After the game, I said, what'd you take him out for? I said, you told me to. He said, well, he didn't break the record. I said, then why did you tell me he did? So here's here's what I want you to do every time you see mess. Give him hell, day. Always. He, he, he blames you. He blames you. I've always mess. wanted – I wanted a straight answer, and it's awesome that mess is going to hide behind a computer right now and not even take any ownership for what he did. But he always blames you. So that's good why to he know. Ran, he ran out. <laughs> he ran out. <laughs> you knew it was coming up. No, Facts. Like Rob said, Coach, we normally don't even do interviews. We just literally talk ball here. But, I I mean, if I had to do an interview, I would want it to be with you. And these guys, of course, wanted it to be with you. 
they you have a lot of big things going on this year and obviously NCAA tournaments coming up. So who else should we talk to but the man, the myth, and the legend? Yeah. Um. well i want to know coach i want to know that now that deshaun's kind of getting into the coaching ranks um what what advice have you given him has he has he talked to you about uh what he can do to to kind of be better as a coach um what what uh, pointers would you give him in terms of getting into college coaching what kind of advice are you giving him well this isn't his first time you're acting like this is the first time he's 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 give this a go it's not (laughs) let me tell you what now he was he was doing it was was I thought was doing a really good job. He was our grad assistant, and then he decided he wanted to go play some more, which I understood. You know, I I wish I had that opportunity to play a little more than what I could play. I, I couldn't play at all after I got done playing and, and went right into coaching. But it'd been fun to go over there and travel, and 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 I think I think that you enjoyed it for a while, and then blast. You know, like then it gets old, you know. Miss your family, miss your kids, miss. Uh, a lot of things that are very near and dear to you. And, uh, so he came in here and we talked a little bit, you know, and, and uh, I said, man, you ought to go up there with Chris Richardson and, and just kind of get your feet wet because this guy is, uh, this guy's an icon in this state. And it, if he wants to be a coach, he'll, he, he'll be a coach at one of the colleges in this state in a very short time. So you didn't recruit him to West Virginia. He was there when you got there. So I want to hear both sides of the story. I want to hear um, well, Coach. I, I went into high school, though. You remember when I came into high school? Yeah, you were uh, recruiting my guy, uh, Cassine Drummond. Yeah. Right, yeah. We we came in. Day was in there. And uh, Dave Sean's high school coach was telling me about Day, and I kept looking at him, and I'm like, he ain't got the greatest body going, you know? <laughs> Did I have it when you got there? That's what he did. <laughs> so I want to I want to know the first reaction day uh, when, when you found out um, that Coach Huggins was getting a West Virginia job. And, and Coach, I want to know uh, first time you walked into that West Virginia gym. I mean, you got a, a team full of John Beeline's guys. Your style, Coach Beeline's style, is not exactly the same. I, I want to know what your reaction was when you uh, when you first realized, okay, this is the team that I have to coach. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I was kind of used to it, to be honest with you. You know, I, uh, I was a GA here uh, for a year with jo- Jody Gardner, who was, who was my college coach. And then I went to Ohio State for two, was an assistant under Eldon Miller for two. And I, I, I wanted to coach my own team. So I took the Walsh College job, and they had never won. And, and, and uh, so I went in there and started, you know, talking to them and tell them what I expected. And I had about, I think, four left when I got done with my speech. And, and uh, you know, we, we went on and, and had great success there. And, and uh, then I decided I wanted to get back in Division One, So I took a job at uh, Central Florida as an assistant. And I was there for a year. And you know, I knew it's time for me to get out of Florida when I'm I'm all excited about watching a game that, you know, everybody's talking about it's going to be on TV and I turn it on. They don't have the game on. They got a, like a World War II movie, you know, <laughs> like I got to get out of this place. So so I get the opportunity to come back to come back to Akron and I grew up right in that area. So I knew everybody and and uh, same thing, though, taking over somebody else's team, you know, and uh, uh 
actually John Lawyer, who's with the Clippers now, doing a great job with the Clippers, was the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, he was one of the guys that he was a sophomore, I think, when I, when I came in. So he played three years for me and then went to Cincinnati with me and, and did a great job at Cincinnati. But, um, I mean, I, my dad was a coach, you know, and I, I never really, I never really wanted to, to, to be like my dad. You know, I just, I just kind of got in coaching because it seemed easier than doing other things. You know, y'all, y'all ever have a shovel in your hand? I mean, I, I've had shovels and picks and, 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 you know, all that stuff in my hand. It's not any fun, man. I pounded nails. Isn't any fun. <laughs> I, I just shoveled six inches of snow, so trust me, I, I know all about having. Yeah, right <laughs> I hear you, but you know, I did it like you know, three hundred sixty-five days a year. You know, so my dad had a camp and, and, and all that stuff, and I just day knows I don't camp, man. I walk through, shake people's hands, pass out a couple hugs, and leave, man. I I, <laughs> I had enough camp. I had enough camp when, I, when I was growing up. Anyway, yeah, but I, I mean, this guy here knows basketball and he's got a great feel. He's really got a great feel. And I, that's important. You know, I mean, I, I was around it so much that I couldn't help but learn something. And they just, he picks things up so fast, you know, and, and, uh, and I, I'm, I will forever be indebted to those guys because, I mean, they wanted me to coach them. You know, and and, and uh, I don't I don't know if they did right at first, but I think after we got going a little bit, they they really enjoyed, I think, being coached and and getting better and 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 we honestly thought we had a shot. I mean, I tell I tell Joe, you know, all the time. Joe Joe's always big now, telling me wish he would listen better, uh, like everybody is when it's over with, <laughs> like I was when it was over with. Exactly. But uh, you know, if what if he comes back? We got beaten in Sweet Sixteen. We got beaten double overtime. I think it was. Yeah, Xavier. And we, we we're thinking we can get to the Final Four. The first year I was there, and and we and we just missed it by a little bit. And Joe had another year. And if Joe had come back, Joe and Day together as forwards, and then uh, the other guys, the other guys we had, and then of course his senior year we. We went. Uh, that was the year that he announced to the world, "I own college basketball." Let's not get into the, uh, the particulars and the, ver- and the verbals and anything like that. Well, I couldn't figure out what the hell. <laughs> you know, that night I asked you one day. I said, "What did you say?" Dig it out of me. I oh, I was excited. That was a lot of fun. Like those games. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun you, that's the way you were making shots. Exactly right. <laughs> No, nah, but uh, to your question, Rob, um, when he first uh, – we had like a two-week maybe. Was it was it a two weeks after Coach Bilan left uh, yeah. Coach Huggins between you guys? Well, well, I think uh, I, I think the other guy was there for about four or five days, wasn't he? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It was that that time? I thought that was between Bilan and someone else. I didn't know it was between our time. No, I'm talking about Dockage. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know that was our time. I thought that was earlier. Because we had never met oh, him. Oh, it was. No, you're That was right. before. I was going to say, we had never met him. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It was before John got there. We had like a two-week uh, hiatus with no coach. And um, 
all of a sudden, you know, the you know the news breaks and they're like, yeah, Bob Huggins is getting here. And we all look to uh, Jerry West's son, Johnny West, who was on the team, because he knows everything about basketball. And we're like, you know, like, what do we what do we need to know about this coach? And he goes, it's going to be hard. So we're like, all right. Um, <laughs> we all came in to shoot threes and, uh, <laughs> and play zone. So, <laughs> like, so um, I actually went back home to uh, New Jersey and I went to Seton Hall to, because uh, I always go to Seton Hall to get runs when I went back to New Jersey. And I ran into a guy that played for Coach Huggins, Jihad Muhammad at Cincinnati. And just, it, it was like literally like a, a whim type deal. I just ran into him because he had never been to the runs before. And I run into him. I'm like, hey, like uh, they said you used to play Cincinnati and used to, you know, play for Coach Huggins. Like, what can you tell me about him? He's like, it's going to be difficult, but it's a good difficult. And at the end of the day, you'll get a big ass hug after practice. And there's nothing personal. It's literally basketball and you'll become a better person for it. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like freaking 19 at the time. I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll stick the shit out. Like, it's whatever. <laughs> And then he gets there and I get a chance to meet him and he doesn't, uh, unlike most coaches I've had, like I told you before, he didn't, he didn't talk at me. Like the first thing he did when he came in, he asked me some questions and it was more or less is like, you know, what do you want to do when you're done playing in college? And I told him, I was like, I want to play, I want to play professional basketball. I want to be a pro. And he's like, you stick around here and you work your ass off. You'll get that. And he kept his promise. So like, he's always been, you know, honest to me, always told me everything I needed to hear the way, like the way I needed to hear it. So like, and and obviously he prepared me for life. I mean, it's easy uh, going to college and everything is basically taken care of for you, but he did a great job of preparing everybody in that locker room for what was going to be waiting for them out there. Cause it's no easy picnic for any of the guys younger listeners. So. We'll be right back into that interview with Bob Huggins. But first, I need to tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you win at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster with rush pay instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. Trust me, I know because I use them. So with March Madness right around the corner, there's never been a better time to give BetRivers Sportsbook a try. Go to BetRivers.com today or download the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Coach, I actually want to expand on that point a little bit. Um, You know, they said you coach hard. I think everybody knows that you're, uh, you're as tough as anybody when it comes to the actual coaching on the court. But you always have the balance where your guys... And you have have a great relationship. Like, I've never heard someone say something bad about you after the fact. And, you know, we've seen it a little bit with Greg Marshall and Billy Gillespie, how some of that style of coaching maybe isn't as uh, as as prolific as it's been in the past. So I'm, I'm like, how do you how do you manage that balance? How do you do it where your guys know that, that you have their support? Like you can coach them hard and you can push them to the brink, but they, but you, you still have that relationship. Like, how do you how do you manage that? Can't be easy. Um. You know, I think my dad, I, I played for my dad. My dad coached really hard, really hard. But there wasn't 
there wasn't the afterward the relationship. You know what I mean? I mean, it was my father, so you know, I had that relationship, but there wasn't a uh, a give and take situation. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't, you know, I, I mean, I think a lot of it was I was a player. I didn't like the way I was coached a lot. To be honest with you, I don't think most guys do. But I, I just, I just have always had a good relationship with with people. I think that's important. I mean, why, why would you not? I don't know what anybody would get uh, out of being an asshole. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and I, I try to explain to them it's this way on the floor, but it's totally different off the floor. This is, this is business. You know, we got to take care of business and we're going to take care of business on the floor. And some days you're going to like it. Some days you're not going to like it. Grow up. Now off the floor, that's another deal. And, and, I, and I, I'll tell you, I was blessed, man. I, I, I came in and got a great bunch of guys. Great bunch. You know, I can <laughs> – I laugh all the time. I see Missoula over there coaching on the Celtics bench. And I always, to myself, I laugh to myself. We scrimmage Virginia. He must have turned it over six or seven times. And I didn't say a word to him. And he came over and he said, take me out. Take me out. I suck. <laughs> I said, I know. I just want you to get it all out now. <laughs> get it all out now and then maybe we can fix it. He said, you ain't going to take me out? I said, no, I'm not going to take you out. Keep throwing the shit out of bounds. <laughs> At which, you know, Joe and I laugh about that now, you know, but I mean, there's a time and a place for everything, as the saying goes. I like people. I do. I like people. I like and I and I and I love basketball. So it's easy. That part of it's really easy. Yeah, and I would just say more or less when we were doing our stuff on the court, it was never like a. How can I put it? it things could get personal, but it never crossed the line to the point where you know, you felt like, all right, I need to tell somebody what was going on. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't that kind of vibe. Like you brought up some of the other coaches, like it was never, it never got to that. Now things can get personal when you don't do your job because it's you, you're the person that's not doing it, but it's never to the point where guys are hiding in basements for years and stuff like that. It's not like, no, we never got to that. Like, that's not the deal. That was, that's not how we did things there. So. I think it's kind of exemplified, exemplified too, by um, the the moment at the Final Four, and I did want to talk about that a little bit. Just, I mean, to me, that's one of um, the most memorable moments from from kind of recent college. But I've been doing this since like 2008, and that's always stood out to me because, um, you know, on a on a stage like that, a coach being like showing that emotion and, and having that connection with the player, I don't think you see it that often. So, can you just kind of, you know, Dave, like what? Can you take me through what you remember about that moment and, and, and kind of what it meant to you that 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 coach was there for you? Uh, honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'd never hurt myself before, so I was <laughs> asking if they can like fix this so I can get back out there. And they're like, "Yeah, you're not getting up. You're not getting up." So I was in pain, obviously. And uh, once again, man, I was more focused on like winning the game. I didn't really know what was going on. 
but uh, I was so worried about us winning. I wanted to win for the team, for the state. And, you know, coach came over and basically just like reassured me that I'd be fine. And I did everything I possibly could and just to relax and, you know, stuff you need to hear when you're not, when you're hurt, man. I was like, I had no idea at the time what was getting ready to happen to me. Like just looking back at it now, there was a process I wasn't even mentally prepared to take. And the first thing he did was just make sure I was good. Like that was his job. And I've seen numerous coaches over time kind of just stand and watch. I've seen coaches keep huddles while their players on the ground with the trainer. Like that, that was basically to me seeing that was more or less like if I saw my son in that scenario, it would reassure me that my son was going to the right person in a sense. Right. Did, yeah. did you know how bad it was coach when, when it happened? Uh, I had a pretty good idea. Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing for me was it was it was like eerie, you know, because we were we were number one in the country and we were the best team in the country when I had Kenyon Martin. And yeah, we had we had Kenyon Martin the number one pick in the draft, Pete Michael the number three or four pick in the draft, not Pete, uh, uh DeMar Johnson. Pete was an early second round pick. Jermaine played in the league for a while. I mean, we we had and we had Satterfield and Steve Logan and I mean, if you remember those names, Logan was the best player in the country his senior year, and and Sat was really a, a, a terrific point guard, particularly in transition. We were loaded, and Kenyon Kenyon broke his leg against St. Louis in the first game of the conference tournament, and. It was it was it was the same. I got I got a picture that I I pretty much look at every day. That's uh, the other guys in a huddle after day went down, and and they're and they're all they all got tears coming down their eyes. You know, not not because uh, there goes our best player and we can't win because they cared so much for this guy, and and um, and it's it's hard not to. To be honest with you, just to me, it was so eerie. And 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 the thing that the thing that stood out to me was when when I went out with Kenyon, and he didn't say what's going to happen to me. He didn't say uh, there goes my career. He didn't say anything like that. You know, his his thing was, Coach, I wanted to win this so bad for you. I wanted to win this for you. You know, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, it, it ain't about me. You know, it's never been about me. It's always been about us. And and uh, and then I go out today and they didn't say exactly those words, but it was it was kind of what he said. It was like, coach, I, I, I want to go. I want to go. I, you know, and, and I'm like, listen, man, we got you got a lot of basketball ahead of you. Just you got to do what people are telling you to do, man. He said, "Yeah, but I need to go, you know." And started talking about talking about his teammates, and you know, and the whole thing. And it was it was it was eerie, but it it was it was uh, two guys, two guys that that I knew how much they cared, you know. Separate guys, different, but they cared. They cared about their teammates. They cared about their school cared about the people who had supported them, you know, and it, and it's, they're, 
they're the same today. And, and uh, to me, that was the, that was, that was what I, I got out of it. And then, you know, it's, it's, um, you learn a lot about people, you know, you learn a lot about people and this, you know, I think, I think, uh, he will always be remembered as, you know, the Deshaun Butler, man, you know, and, 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 and the guy, and everybody will continue to say, damn, they hadn't got hurt. Yeah. So, right. Could, could you have well. won the title that year if he didn't get hurt? Sure we could. I mean, those guys, those guys are, I mean, they tell me all the time, coach, we're just getting ready to make a comeback. We do, you know, because we had done it all year, really. Yeah. <laughs> we were not a great first half team. Yeah, oh, facts. But we were a hell of a second half team. And and that's that's what all those guys talk about. You know, we were just getting ready to make a run here. Is that true, Dave? I mean, honestly, we probably had two blowouts all season. And the rest of the season were all closed games. We were, like, built for closed games. And – if we were down in the first half, that wasn't a worry. I feel like that was something that uh, Coach Huggins brought with him uh, his first season in. Um, I don't remember who we were playing, but when we were – not to – like, this is not to bash Coach Beal or anything, anything like that, but more or less, when we played our games our freshman year, if we got down pretty big, we kind of, like, stayed out of the games. I mean, we're mainly shooting threes. Teams kind of out-rebounded us a lot. We were young. Um, then next year, I believe we were, like – we had a couple of games we got down big, but we also came back from being down really big and win, won a bunch of those games. So us seeing that happen, that that was just like the norm for us to know we can come back in games throughout the rest of our college or career. So we have tons of games where we will be down big and come back and win those games. So, and we had them that season. So it wasn't anything like foreign to us. Like they make runs, like we have to make runs. We're going to make our own run, but Ran into some bad luck. <laughs> so it is what it is. They shot the ball great. They won. And I'd rather, Grant, I'd rather not lose to Duke, but uh, <laughs> I'd rather we lost to the, the team that won the championship, though. So that's just me in general. We didn't, so, lose, they didn't lose the next one. So, so was it, it was, it was the first year when we beat Duke in Washington, D.C. In DC. Yeah, we beat them. So they had a nice little grudge, too, because we beat them pretty good. So, it's always always think about those games, man, because we definitely I thought we could have definitely won those games. That game, I mean, excuse me. Right. Well, I think well, we you were mentioned twenty one to two or something like that against Xavier in the Sweet Sixteen. I think that's about it, something like that. And they had what six, seven seniors in that team. Like they had a great team yeah. that year. Yeah, and it was like it was like twenty one to two, and then all of a sudden here we come. Before we get back into that interview with Bob Huggins, I have to let you guys know that support for today's episode of Dawson Day Sean is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tool for your grooming experience with more than 2 million users worldwide manscaped has partnered with me and Deshaun to provide an exclusive offer to you 20% off and free shipping with the code field at manscaped.com 
So let me tell you a little bit about their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. It starts with the Lawnmower 3.0, their third generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. You don't want to worry about nicking the goods while you're trying to clean up down there. Feel confident when you're shaving your balls with the Lawnmower 3.0. In addition to the new blade, the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with an LED light for a more precise trim. And it's waterproof. So you could take the grooming to the shower. Truth be told, you don't want to be using the same trimmer on your balls as on your face. The Perfect Packages 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and ball moisturizer, as well as the Crop Reviver, which keeps the goods from sticking to your leg. Plus, Manscaped threw in a couple of free gifts for you, a pair of boxer briefs and a travel bag, so you can trim on the go. So get 20% off and free shipping right now with the code FIELD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code FIELD. Your balls will thank you. So, Day, you mentioned how he kind of instilled a little bit of toughness toughness with you guys. And, and Coach, one thing that that Day and I talk about kind of um, with no no end on this podcast is – uh, how you've been able to kind of morph teams over your career from, you know, the, the, you got a John Beeline team coming in and you, you, you changed your style to be able to fit the players that you had. And then obviously press Virginia, everyone knows how you kind of threw that press on because you got Javon and you got Dexter miles and you can play a certain kind of way. And now this year, everyone expected, and I'll be honest day, you can confirm this. I said that I, I, I didn't enjoy watching. I, I didn't expect to enjoy watching you guys play because I thought it was going to be like defense and rebounds and, and second chance points. And it turns out you're my favorite team to watch in the country because you space the floor, you check up threes and, and, um, and it's been quite entertaining. And, and I'm just kind of curious, like how there are a lot of coaches that have a style, right? They coach a certain kind of way and they run a certain kind of system. So how have you been able to, to adapt the way that you play, um, is it is it difficult? Like how, how does that how does that happen? No, I don't think it's difficult at all. I mean, we do we like when when I came in with with Day and those guys, they were really good at playing one three one. I just tried to stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I I I'm like okay, what's wrong? What do we do? And and when you when you really stop and think about it guys guys stepped up you know they really stepped up cam thurman wasn't playing at all and then we're playing horrible against um notre dame and 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 we can't score and they're 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 just tearing us apart And, and we put cam in and cam goes after people and all of a sudden man we're we're winning the game handily because those guys had they had big hearts. They had big hearts. They wanted to win. They wanted to win for each other. I think I think of all the teams that I've had, that one, if not, is is at the top. It's certainly near the top of cohesiveness and, and really sincerely caring about each other. And you know, and we well, I think Wellington Smith come came in here thinking he was gonna be a guard. He ended up being a center. <laughs> and didn't like it very much at first, but you know what? It, we wouldn't have done what we did without him. I mean, he he really he got better and better and better. Changed his shot, you know. I try to get him to to fix his shot, or as I used to tell Jet Day, that broke ass jump shot. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, 
Broke enough to go in. No, nah, but to your point, yeah, I mean, those little adjustments made our team that much more versatile defensively. That's what uh, I feel like uh, we're a good, a pretty good half-court defensive team. So having, you know, Wellington, who was like a three coming into college and then changing everything, like getting stronger, becoming, being able to physically guard the bigger guys we had to guard, mm-hmm. it made our team very versatile. And uh, and not, and to Coach Huggins' credit, like he was saying, he came in. Most coaches that I've had always, regardless if it was like a new coach coming into a system, I've had uh, as a professional, I've had coaches changes. Like so most coaches, they are like, we're doing my stuff. Here we go. Boom. And you got to figure this out. And whoever figures it out will play. Coach came in and he didn't talk at us. He just talked to us and asked questions and took what we did really well and then use those things and then integrated his things with those things as well so it was it was like the best of both worlds where you have these guys uh who weren't great defenders the year before who can pass the ball shoot the ball pretty well still you know learning the game but we knew a good bit about like spacing and things like that and then getting us a little bit tougher and uh just changing every every aspect of what we think we know about the game as far as physical physicality, as far as defense, as far as offense and X's and O's and what to look for and what to make the defender do. Like these are things you, we learned those, like those next three years, especially me. So. All right. We're, we're bumping up against time here a little bit, coach, but I do have some quick hitters that, that I want to uh, send your way. First and yeah. foremost, I want the story of the most angry you've ever been at Deshaun. A, a time you kicked him out of practice. Um, something. I I need a story about the angriest you've ever been at Deshaun. I don't I don't remember. I remember Deshaun being angry at me more than me being angry. <laughs> <laughs> he, could, he couldn't understand why I made him run wide figure eights because one of his teammates didn't go to class. He's like looking at me like I was there. Why am I running? I was finally there. I was finally there. <laughs> I was finally there. Shut up and go help your teammate, you know? <laughs> All right. So who was the toughest player that you've ever coached? Oh, wow. Well, I had Curtis Bosick, who was the state champion kickboxer in the state of Massachusetts. I don't think anybody screwed with Kurt. They knows Kurt. Uh, there's not – Like, how did <laughs> – <laughs> Kenyon was Kenyon was awfully tough. Kenyon was awfully tough, but I had Lavertus Robinson. Lavertus Robinson was a guardian angel in Chicago and was a state champion kickboxer in Illinois. So, I mean, I've had some dudes now. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, so, who was the softest player you've ever coached, and why was it Deshaun? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. I was tough as nails. You know, you know. Generally, what happens is, was if if they're not very tough, they they generally come in and say, "Coach, I don't think this is for me." We had <laughs> some. Yeah, we had some of those. Yeah. Say, Coach, man, this ain't this ain't. I I, I didn't know that it was going to be like this. You know, I. So, uh, there's 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 a multitude of those guys. Or the guy, that, the, or the guy that I got that that had the best, he had the best campus visit ever. I mean, this dude said everything that everybody wanted to hear. He was phenomenal. I got like the AD, the a vice president, the president called me, 
man, I don't know where you got this guy, but this guy is terrific. I mean, what a great guy. And then he stole the rugs out of the damn uh, <laughs> basketball office. And, the and rugs? He, what, what's yeah. he doing with rugs? We, we, I, was, yeah. I was really proud of him. We got these rugs in, with the ball <laughs> on it, you know, said Cincinnati on it. And, and they were they were throw rugs, like kind of like those ones that were in the uh, in a locker room at the uh, Big Twelve tournament day. Yeah, we're we're in the we're I said we're in the office. You remember? They they were. You said they were there. The locker room, yeah. All right, the most famous person that you've uh, you, you've hung out with. I don't know. Define famous. <laughs> Most well-known, most recognizable movie star, rock star? Well, I mean, I've hung out with Jerry West quite a bit, and I think Jerry's pretty famous. Yeah, he is uh, pretty I famous. I hung out with Bill Clinton a yeah. little bit. Um, I don't know, a lot, a lot of people. Lot, lot, I've, I've been blessed. I mean, I, I, I have been blessed. I've, I've, uh, I've had a great life, right? People, people have been so good to me, much more than what I deserve. All right, this is the last one we got for you. Oh, uh, before, 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 before. I'm going to tell you real quick one, though. You got to hear this Bill Clinton story. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's go. Well, I'll, I'll listen to both. So, so we're playing we're playing uh, Arkansas. That's when Nolan had it rolling out there. And, and so we're playing them Sunday afternoon, matinee game, whatever. So I'm going in, and the, and of course the the Secret Service is there. You know they're all over the place. They're so they go through my. I had a bag because I was going to go see Reuben Patterson after the after the game. He was playing a JUCO game, so I was going to fly over see him and then go back to Cincinnati. But anyway, so I go in there throwing my stuff all over the place. I mean they throw my drawers on the floor, you know. And I'm like, wait a minute, man, <laughs> are y'all gonna pick all that up? And they're looking at me like, no, man, it ain't. Pick it up, go on, pick it up. You know, kind of mean and all that. So I'm thinking, I'm, I, I, it pissed me off, to be honest with you. So now we go out and, I mean, we beat Arkansas like they stole something. I mean, we just wore them out. And so I'm in a locker room and a guy comes over, you know, got the presidential stuff on and all that. He said, he said, uh, the president would like to come in and, and speak to you for a couple of minutes. And I said, yeah, sure. Sure. So I'm standing there, I'm thinking, what do you, what do you talk to the president of the United States about? Well, he comes over and the first thing out of my mouth was, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. Ask me anything, coach. I said, I'm, I pay a lot of taxes. I mean, you know, I make pretty good money, but I pay a lot of taxes in that I pay taxes. Don't our taxes go for things like paying the secret service, you know? And then he said, well, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. And I said, well, good. I said, because here's what happened. I come through there. They're grabbing my stuff. They're throwing it out on the floor. They're throwing my drawers on the floor, you know. And if they work for me, why would they be allowed to do something like that? He said, well, that's, that's a good question. I, I don't really know the answer to that question. So then you go in the media thing, right? Well, you go in there. And it's packed. Packed. It's what did you talk to the president about? I said, the Secret Service throwing my drawers on the floor. I mean, just tossing it out on the floor. I, and, 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 and 
he confirmed that they work for me. I pay a lot of taxes. They work for me. <laughs> my shit on the floor. So I say that I got, I'm telling you, I got 10 letters a day. If I got one from all these basically older ladies in Arkansas, telling me what an ass I was for making fun of the president. I wasn't making fun of the president. I was making fun of the secret service. That's not the people. How about, how about that? And then, and then, so then when he comes into Morgantown, I get to hang out with him a little bit. Yeah, I got a chance to hang out with him that day, too, for my graduation, actually. <laughs> that was fun. So thank you for uh, for shitting on the secret <laughs> service. <laughs> got me an opportunity. To, it probably felt terrible. Was, Let me talk to this kid really quickly. All right, so <laughs> last one. This comes courtesy of Jeff Goodman. He wanted me to ask this. He wants to know who the uh, the person you're most intimidated by is. I don't. I don't have anybody. Definitely not Jeff Goodman. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if 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 Jeff would have grew up where I grew up, he he wouldn't be what he is today. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> also, Coach, what do you? How do you feel about being this uh, this this new fashion icon? I mean, geez, bro. I know when you first came in, you had your suit, and then after they got rid of the suit, you know, the jacket, pants, now everybody's doing it, man. Everybody's doing it. Well, you know what, Dave? I, I'm, I'm really – I'm kind of disappointed it took them that long to catch on. Ten, it's about 10 years, man. Yeah, 10, I know. I mean, it, took, it took the other coaches a long time to catch on, I think, for one. And I think, two, it kind of shows who – you know, some guys are afraid, man, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I – I, I, uh, the, the story is I had, I was wearing a a coat and tie and all that stuff at Cincinnati and I go in at halftime and I'm soaked, just totally soaked. I mean, just dripping off of me. And my AD says to me, he said, he said, you need to get in there and just put a pullover or something on. And so I go in there, I put a pullover on, I'm thinking, Hey, this is pretty good. So I just wore it ever since. (laughs) But I, I am, I am dumbfounded that, that, uh, uh, you know, and I think they ought to take the, my original one, which I have. They ought to put that in the bat, in the basketball hall of fame. I mean, it's the first. You're the first. Like you're the first guy to do this. I remember when we were in college, everybody used to like try to make a joke out of it. Like, yeah, your coach doesn't even wear suits. I'm like, so <laughs> like this is our basketball. We're playing basketball. This is like, granted, it is a business, but we're playing basketball. Like, you've heard about you've heard of retiring the jersey. We're going to retire the uh, the pullover and. Got to put it in a frame, put it up in the rafters. Frame nothing. I think it's only right. I think it's only right. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man, I appreciate the time. Um, this was this was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad we could catch up. I'm glad that we could get the uh, some some dirt on Deshaun. I'm going to make sure that I I, I use that. And uh, again, really appreciate not a lot it. Of dirt on that guy. Let me tell you, not a lot of dirt on that guy. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that I still don't believe that he went to the library and got books to read when he oh, was a kid. I'm oh, still having a hard time. Tons of times. Tons of, tons of books with pictures. Tons of, <laughs> tons of picture books. <laughs> nah, Coach, thank you for coming on, man. This is obviously it's, anytime you touch anything is gold, so I appreciate it. Well, you know what, man, I'd say I hope I wish you the best with with this endeavor. And, and, and uh, I mean, you 
stick to the coaching thing, you're going to be you're going to be a hell of a coach. Yep, I will be stealing a lot of your stuff, so no worries. I, I, <laughs> let's get that out the way now. I appreciate that. Well, you know what? That's something I stole from somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it all borrowed? <laughs> I've never had an original idea in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that motion stuff we ran came from a guy named Ed McCluskey in Farrell, Pennsylvania. That's and he he taught it to my dad and and I my dad was I was like his uh, uh, his company when he drove like <laughs> going but I, it was it was good but I, that's where I, I got that from I, mean, I stole the one three one from John Beeline I used to call timeout and tell him hey well they don't tell, tell them what they're doing wrong usually he was telling them by by, by the time. They got the, <laughs> he was already telling them and he was already telling them because they were telling him he was wrong and he was and he was he was trying to he was trying to get the last word in I'm trying to let them know that I was wrong because they were wrong There's, yeah. it, it, we're all wrong as a team that's the only way you fix things is, as a as a as a group whatever it was I had no clue what it was so <laughs> All right, man. Listen, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Thank you, Coach. And hopefully we can catch up soon. Sounds good.